Please pray with me. Lord God, thank you for this awesome opportunity to come into your presence today. Lord God, uh, we pray that as we come before you, you would humble our hearts, that you would help us to lay aside our burdens, Lord, to entrust them to you. Lord God, give us uh, hearts, Lord God, which seek after you. And we pray, Lord God, that in this service today, you would do your work of revealing sin and brokenness, of lifting up the humble Lord, of healing the wounded, Lord, and bringing your peace. And we pray that you would guide and guard us and direct us to your side. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. Morning. Morning. It is great to see you all today. Well, uh, I'm sure you've all been reading about these things called driverless cars, right? Or uh, self, whatever, self-thinking, what are they called? Automated self, autonomous, there we go, thank you. Uh, yeah, autonomous cars. Now, I have kind of a love-hate relationship with this concept, right? Because I love driving, and I like driving my old car when it runs, right? It's a lot of fun. And, you know, you can get in there and you can tinker with it and you can do all that kind of stuff. And the idea of cars that are, you know, that don't let you do that, that you can't do that on, freaks me out a little bit, right? Where you just can't get your hands greasy and you can't fix something. Uh, God bless you. Uh, but on road trips how or in traffic, how awesome would it be to just hit, like, drive me home? And then you could read a book, or you could do a crossword puzzle, or you could sleep, or eat, or whatever you wanted, right? You could do all kinds of stuff. I mean, wouldn't that be great? Or like the Central Valley, heading down through, man. Man, thank God for farming, but that is a boring drive. You know, being able to oh, just... Or just look around, right? Do anything. Not have to pay attention to that car that maybe is going to slow down unexpectedly in front of you. How great would that be? The only downside, well, there's several downsides. I mean, when the cars take us over and become our overlords, that will be difficult. But the other downside is that the the fail-safe for the driverless car, the one thing that's supposed to be there if everything in that car goes awry, is what? The human, the human, right? The ones who you know, have high insurance rates and who crash regularly and can't even pay attention when they're supposed to be doing that all the time. Uh, one thing that we're really bad at, well, there's many things, but one thing in particular for this situation is humans are typically very bad at paying it as at suddenly making a snap decision on something they've not been paying attention to for a long period of time. Right? Think about it, right? Your wife is talking to you and she's been talking for a while and then she says, well, what do you, what do you want to do? <laughs> right? This never happens to me. Right? But sometimes if you've not been paying attention, suddenly you have to make that decision, right? That's hard. That's dangerous work. You get in some trouble doing that or preaching about it. Right? That wasn't in my sermon. I don't know why that just came out. I should stick to my notes more often tell you what, snap decisions are dangerous, right, when you've not been paying attention. Uh, In our gospel passage, Jesus gets to this challenge, right? The challenge is 
that humans are really difficult at pay, or have a real difficulty paying attention to something for a long period of time. We're just not good at it. And being prepared for something that might happen. Think about it, even in pregnancy, right? The woman is pregnant for nine months or somewhere thereabouts. That moment of childbirth sneaks up on us no matter how prepared we are, right? Even though you can tell, like there is a baby in there that will come out at some point. That moment, even though it's expected at the end time somewhere, right? That very moment is often a surprise, right? We're not expecting it. And so Jesus challenges us in this passage to prepare ourselves for that moment which will come with no notice. So in our passage, uh, this comes in the midst of a larger uh, section of scripture, which we call the Olivet Discourse, right? Because it was delivered on the Mount of Olives, which if you love olives is amazing because there's this giant mountain covered in olives, right? Black olives and green olives and stuffed olives and... Kalamata olives, it's amazing, right? It's an amazing place. I, I've seen it myself. Um, actually, it's not. It has olive trees on it, which are not quite the same because have you ever tried to pop one of those in your mouth? They are not so good fresh off the tree, I'll tell you that right now. So, uh, up on the Mount of Olives is this, it's this gorgeous location because uh, Jerusalem is a city set on a hill. And it's between these two canyons that go down on, on the left and right sides and meet uh, just downstream of the temple. And there's the temple that sits on, if you're looking uphill at it, on the right-hand side of Jerusalem. And directly adjacent to it is the Mount of Olives, separated by this valley. Right, and so you can be there on the Mount of Olives, and the first thing you see as you look at Jerusalem is the temple, right on the other side of the wall. I mean, it's just right there, and you're kind of, you can kind of be up a little higher than it, look down on it. It's amazing. It's an amazing view up there from the Mount of Olives. And so they're all sitting there on this Mount of Olives, looking out over Jerusalem and the temple. And Jesus is speaking to them about a time of persecution and a time of his return. Now, much ink has been spilt on this topic of what Jesus is discussing and when it will take place and in what sequence these events will take place or whether it has already taken place or whether it's some combination of already having taken place, but then also taking place in the future as well. And I'm not going to settle that for you this morning. Instead, we're going to uh, focus on the intent of this passage. I feel that there's three main points that Jesus is making in this discourse. Uh, the first is that the Father knows everything. Uh, the second is that Jesus obeys the Father in all things. And the third is that we must be ready for his return at any time. Now, the first point is made very clear at the beginning of our passage. Uh, and it's really the simplest of the points. Jesus tells his disciples... Uh, of uh, saying, but about that day and hour, no one knows, neither the angels of heaven nor the Son, but only the Father, right? So who knows? Father knows best. That's right. And that's it. He's the only one who knows of everybody out there, angels, Son, all of us, all of creation. We don't know, but the Father knows. Only God the Father knew when these events would take place, when he would come, cause them to to pass. They were a part of his plan, and he was going to see his plan through to completion, but he was not sharing the details of his timeline with anyone else. Why? 
I have no idea. That's just how the father decided to do it. He wanted to make it a surprise. The next point is that Jesus obeys the Father. Well, this is revealed all over Scripture, right? We see Jesus um, constantly speaking of his uh, doing the will of the Father, listening to the Father and obeying him. That's what Jesus does. And we get in our passage a short reference in which, it, in which Jesus says, the Son of Man is coming at an unexpected hour. Right, And we see that the Father knows everything, and now the Son, we see the Son is a part of the plan, that he will come when the Father tells him to come. Jesus does not know the time, but he knows that when the Father tells him, he will go. He serves and listens to the Father and seeks to carry out his will. The Son, we know, was obedient to the point of death. Jesus follows the will of the Father. That is what he does. And the final point of these three that we see in the passage is that we should be ready. Ready because Jesus can come back at any time, right? He talks about a thief coming in the night. And like if the owner of the house had known what time, he would have stayed awake and kept the thief from getting in the house, right? We need to be prepared because Jesus will come back like a thief in the night. We don't know the hour. We don't know the time. If we did, we would set it on alarm and we'd be prepared for it. But we don't know that moment. And so we have to be ready for that moment to come at any moment. Jesus didn't know the time, and we won't until that moment is upon us. And so our responsibility is to be ready. Now, to get back to self-driving cars, right, they say the human mind is terrible at monotony or not paying attention and then suddenly having to make a snap decision, right? If you ever want to see this carried out in life, go to a Little League baseball game, right? T-ball, preferably. Right? And you go and and pay attention to the right fielder. Right? Because the right fielder will be out there, like, looking at ants, watching the bees or the dragonflies fly around, kicking dandelions, maybe making noise with a blade of grass. You know, if you blow it just right, it can make that little screech. And then you hear the crack of the ball on the bat. Right? And suddenly they're like... And they, they might, their mitt might be on the ground, right? And suddenly they have to make a decision. Do you run in? Do you run out? Do you run left? Do you run right? Do you do some combination of those things? That snap decision after not paying attention is incredibly hard to do. This is important when we think about our spiritual life. If we're waiting for the end, that we're just going to be ready when the moment comes, we sure we'll be fine. It's too late. It's too late. This is a decision that can't be put off. We need to be prepared today. Prepared today for that moment to come. Prepared today for Jesus Christ to return. Because we can't wait until it's too late to be ready. We can't trust in our ability to make a snap decision to see us through. We need to be ready now. Now, I believe the only solution to this problem that Jesus presents to us is to respond the way that Jesus did to his circumstances, right? And remember that Jesus acknowledged that God the Father is in charge. He trusted that God had a plan, and then he lived his life in submission to God, believing that God held him in his hands. That's how Jesus lived his life. He believed that God knew all, 
and he trusted God with everything he had, and he submitted his life to him. God has revealed a plan to us. His plan that he brought to completion was carried out when Jesus bore the cross for our sins, carried it to that hilltop of Golgotha or Calvary, and was crucified for us. That is the plan of salvation the Father has presented to us. What will we do in response to that plan? Will we come to the foot of the cross, falling on our faces and confessing our sins, saying how much we need God and his forgiveness and mercy? Or will we punt it down the road? Will we just wait or prolong the making that decision until we're ready, until it's further down? We'll, we'll, we'll maybe wait till right before he comes. Right? We just don't know that hour, friends. We don't know that time. And so Jesus challenges us to live the way he did, to live in perfect submission to the Father. May we receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. And may we live in this life in perfect submission to the Father, trusting that he knows all. And in so doing, we will be prepared for that final day. Because remember, our first point was that God knows all. Everything is in God's control. And so even our lives, as chaotic and hectic as they can seem, as disjointed and disorganized as they are often, God is in charge, and he is preparing us for that day when he will return and call us home. May we be prepared by receiving him now and walking in step with him. Let's pray. Lord God, thank you that you are the God who is in control, Lord. Lord, this this process does not depend upon our faithfulness to you, Lord God, but your faithfulness on the cross. We pray, Lord God, that we would uh, receive this gift of mercy and grace. We confess to you, Lord, that we are people that fall short. We are people that sin, Lord God. We are people that make uh, tragic mistakes. And we ask that you would forgive us. By the blood of your Son, wash away our sins. Help us to love you, to serve you, to worship you in everything that we do, Lord God. Lord, we confess to you that we we lose focus. Lord God, we forget where we should have our focus, Lord, and we, we go after other things, and we pray that you would forgive us for this, Lord. Lord, your return is imminent. We don't know the moment, but we trust that you are coming back in your time. And so we pray that you would make us prepared for that day. May we live each and every moment as though you are with us now. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.